Hi and welcome to Real Clear Fetish Talks, Real Clear Play. Hopefully it will work now. Um, I'm just waiting for my guest to join in. Uh, this is a discussion about what sober play would be and what problems that might surround it. Tonight my guest is Mr. Friendly. I could see he's just joined us. Um, he is the founder of uh, the Mr. Friendly charity. Um, and I'll invite him in now. Hey, hey. Um, hello, how are you? Good, how are you doing, Ralph? We got there. I'm going to go sideways. No, I'm not. No. Let me just take a photo. Uh, let me just adjust mine as well. There we go. How are we doing? Good, how are you? Yeah, we got there in the end. Um, yeah, I was enjoying um, a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, you were looking. You were looking at some. On the live feed. It took a minute for it to pop up. Yeah, you were looking looking at some of my previous stuff. But look, I I dressed just for you. Oh, and I well I dressed for the occasion as well. Yeah, there you go. Mine. <laughs> so we'll see. Okay, let's let's start with the standard questions to start with. All right. Uh, let me just find them. Uh, what do you prefer? I call you names, pronouns, and title. I'm uh, Dave Watt. Pronouns he, him, and I, I go by Dave. Dave. I mean, sometimes daddy, sir, is acceptable in some scenes. When the boy is blindfolded, I can even be Master David, you know. Um, but it's Master David, not Master Dave. It's weird. But all around, um, I have also been a, a boy, somebody's boy. So, you know, maybe someday you can call me boy. <laughs> <laughs> I might hold you to that. Uh, I, ha I have a flogger I can get using then. <laughs> I might just flog you right back. <laughs> Ooh, maybe. Depends on how, best, how well I tie you down. Um, oh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, Hi, I um, I have an amazing husband, Ken, who actually helped me set up and everything. We've been uh, married for like, I think eight years, nine years. I don't know. Oh, this is so bad. You, bad you should know bad this. Um, and he's super cool, very friendly, and has the exact same boot size. Yay. And wide. So yay. <laughs> that makes um, life easy. Yes. I'm also really passionate about the topic of HIV, as you know, um, and I, I um, just moved to Phoenix uh, in December with, um, oh my kid just sent me a text, 10 years. <laughs> Sorry, honey. I'm gonna pay for that later. Don't listen anymore. Go watch, go watch Charmed <laughs> upstairs. Um, and I uh, just got a job, amazing job in Phoenix at the Southwest Center. I am the outreach manager. And um, so I'm doing a lot still with the Team Friendly Campaign, which is a huge collective effort, as you well know. So it's pretty exciting. Fantastic. Uh, completely sober, clear-headed, or social drinker? Um, I, you know, I, I, it's really hard to label things. Um, I'm really funky on this topic of what is called sober. Because Fine. I, I'm an addict to, I'm an addict, okay, like to um, 
to anything that makes me feel good or feel bad or makes me feel indifferent. I'm addicted to it, right? So, so how do how do I how do I gain sobriety? Have I do I drink? No. Do I use? No. Um, cool. You know. So um, there's that. The, okay. And that's been for like for 14 years. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, I'm coming up to three years in September. Congratulations. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, do I don't know where you. the time went. It really uh, quick. Yeah. Um, but it's so much easier now. And then it was in the early days, I would say. Yeah, the chaos um, is just so much less. And you can remember everything the next day, isn't that Yeah, cool? I don't lose things. It's amazing. I haven't <laughs> lost any gear for a long time. It's <laughs> lovely. It's not so expensive. Um, now, just to lead into the conversation, what is clear play to you and why is it important? All right. So for me, I didn't really get super like into play until after I was sober. So, um, to, for, so for me, just it, it's, it's hard to imagine before um, uh, because it was not like, my story is so weird because I went through a whole thing of um, try to pray the gay away, you know, um, orgasmic reconditioning which is explain what that is <laughs> you want to know okay I, I have no idea what that is okay so this like it's um going through change therapy basically you um you <laughs> jerk off until you know you're going like to whatever you you know you're gonna have a come you're gonna come right and yeah. then just before you have an orgasm you um change your mind to the desired fantasy so then my therapist was like jerk off to whatever is arousing and then switch to heterosexual thoughts at the moment of orgasm wow you try to change your behavior or you might have heard of like you know snap rubber bands on your wrist yeah. to every time you have a gay thought um that's so scary that's scary. It, is, it is it is scary because i believed in it so hard and i tried for so many years well Conversion, Oil, therapy, conversion therapy here is still not illegal. So yeah, yeah, and and especially even even for minors. So now I you know I can't have an orgasm without some type of pain, you know. So maybe behavioral therapy works. I can't oh, come well, without pain. It just now. make you more of a pervert. So that's <laughs> it. <laughs> it really is. It it's conversion therapy. It just converts you into a more of a perverted homosexual. I think there's a there's a there's a it's good a connection, I guess. <laughs> Very much so. Like my nipples, hardwired, absolutely hardwired. Oh, I'm so jealous. Mine are not at all. It's like leave them alone. Did you ever have them pierced? I did. Oh, okay. That didn't work. Didn't no. take over the edge. No. Mm. My ears, though. My ears. I okay. go crazy if if someone just nibbles my ears or licks them or whispers naughty things in my ears. I go completely crazy. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably a Ferengi. I, I don't know. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. You need to meet uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Phoenix Leather. Eric yeah. is fun, loves to play with people's ears. He's just constantly walking around with permission. See? He's such a, he's so polite. See, see my, 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 my biggest crush is Russell Tovey. Oh. If you know who that is. Yes. Actor. Oh, the ears. I have a thing for ears that sit like that. Big ears. Mm. Is Dumbo your favorite Disney movie? Not in that way. But, okay. <laughs> okay. Nowadays, that movie is problematic anyway. <laughs> so, so 
uh, you are the founder of Mr. Friendly. What brought you to that? Um, so I've always been passionate about HIV. Like my dad is a, is a doctor, emergency doctor, mm -hmm. and just always taught me it was a virus, right? Like I just grew up that, you know, we know how it was spread. So I was, I was the kind of person that could visit people in hospitals when sometimes when nobody else would. Yeah. So that was, you know, and I was always passionate about like passing out condoms. And then, and then it came to the point where like, you know, condoms, not, not the best way to start a conversation about HIV. <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's actually quite the wrong way. Hey, you look like you need a condom. You know, like, you know. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's slightly judgmental. A little bit, yeah, a yeah, yeah. little bit. Um, so um, I wanted to come up with this, a button, like a button to wear, like very popular in the leather community, to wear that said that I was friendly to have this conversation that I'm going to be here you, for you no matter what. So the plus and the minus sign, um, my husband and I were just like a year into it together and he's a graphic designer. So he took my sketch and turned it into that, turned it into the symbol even today. That's the same symbol today. Plus and a minus sign on a smiling face. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an there, amazing logo and it's so easily recognizable. It's, it's cool. And, it's, and it's, we have so many variations on it now. Um, and honestly, it, 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 so when, that has been honestly our like getting really real, it's been quite a roller coaster ride emotionally because um, if you if you are trying to address stigma, you're gonna fail. Often, you know, by trying to make a difference, you're going to fail. Uh, in into this day, like even Mister Friendly, quite stigmatizing. So we've actually gone through and changed it to Team Friendly. It's now the Team Friendly campaign. Yeah. And uh, this logo, although it came from like leather pride colors and you know widely recognized as oh leather pride colors but outside of the leather community it looks like a white face with a blue eye you know so we we do we do lots of variations on it now is very specifically like my favorite maybe oh, yours i would wear mm -hmm. that no problem. Mm -hmm. so you know a friendly pig and a then friendly pig is a good pig so. friendly pig yes the duck says quack, the cow says moo, the friendly pig says <laughs> You've seen my TikTok video, have you? <laughs> <laughs> what else and to then, do in lockdown? And then just like, this one is my other favorite. You know? Oh, that's amazing. Is that for the fisting then? It is. That's another favorite of mine. Or friendly pup. Yeah, you know. oh, I, I want one of those. How much are they? I, I wish I could find somebody to mass produce them, but it's actually quite complicated to make this little oh, thing. Oh, yeah, there, there's quite a lot. Um, but there. I'll give you a pattern if you know somebody who can make it in your hometown. I could probably find someone, I guess. I, we have quite some local uh, artists that's starting up now here in London, like trying to do it locally sourced and so on. So. Oh, there you go. And we've started to see, like, they do uh, vegan level as well. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Well, it's, oh, there has to be room for everyone, so which that's great. So. Sure. Um, so the the like the campaign has gone through lots of revisions, and actually, um, it actually whew, has um, even triggered some of my own um, struggling with my own recovery because <laughs> I could like like our love is love campaign. You know, it turns out like that it has a trans symbol in it. It was widely popular and celebrated by a lot of my trans friends. But actually, the, from what I'm understanding is, is that the Love is Love campaign was very, 
much not enjoyed or appreciated by the trans community because we've placed so much focus on on uh, love is love, same gender marriage, um, that we we just ignored the trans community for years and still to this day, like we just we just celebrate, oh love is love, love is great. Well, you know what? Love doesn't doesn't help the trans community. You know, equal rights helps the trans community. Absolutely. Like, activism but, helps the trans community. Action. But in, in any case, we were still learning, we were yeah. developing, we're still learning here a lot. We've had drama around, um, I think Stonewall hired a trans woman and all of a sudden all the sponsors and all the turf came out and it was just horrible over yeah. here, so. Stigma is an ugly beast and it can Turfs be are the worst. It's, yep. it's, it's, and we have a lot of it here. Um, it's, it's, it's not pretty. So, well, we've just lost JK Rowling to it. So what can you do? Very <laughs> true. <laughs> yes, it, it makes as a Harry Potter fan, it makes it very difficult. Yeah, to go back and I mean, yeah, it, it, it used to be a favorite it's, of ours. It's, in our it's house. tainted. It's tainted. It's now. completely tainted. Yeah, completely tainted. Yep. So uh, you said you've fourteen years of sobriety um, with the work you do and so on, and and I know a lot of um, people who are are in addiction are normally and this is me generalizing and it's probably not always the case but i do see a lot of people who are positive who do struggle with addiction and 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 dealing with their hiv status and, and keeping healthy is that something your charity also deals with absolutely um we're actually finding like a rise in i mean even just in my own friends but um or people there's so much stigma now just about having sex that yes. people are still people are you know what people are still gonna have sex but there's a lot of judgment around it now and 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 i what i've noticed is more is just more of a rise in pnp um here in phoenix um and i and i it's it we don't have clearly have the statistics because it's so new right but it's certainly understandable for people to um to you know slip back and go back into using just out of you know, boredom out of op opportunity or... Yeah, I, uh, I recognize that one. Yeah. Boredom was my big downfall. What to do on a Friday night on your own. Just to roll back, PNP for anyone who doesn't know what that stands for, that's party and play. Here it's H and H, horny and high. Um, if you go to Denmark, it's PNP as well. Um, but chemsex, drug sex, whatever sex. It's, it's called. It's, it's all these acronyms, um, it's, yeah. Oh, I was just yeah, explaining like, what that meant to because there will be people on here that don't know what PNP is. It's all uh, it's all very fun when you're from Hamburg and everyone says at the end of their profile HH, so everyone thinks they're into drugs, but actually they're just from Hamburg. Okay, <laughs> good to know. Yes. <laughs> so um, um, yeah, you have your Friday night. I call it a orgasm. You know, you yeah. just jerk off because you're bored, and um, and then what do you do? Well, yeah. you know. I'm, 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 um, last time, I think last time I saw you, it was very fleeting and I wasn't in a very good place. That was actually IML, uh, in 2017, that was my big relapse at IML and I just said hi to you and then off again. Um, and that was four days of mess, 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 mess. Um, going to the wrong airport on the way home as well. That was, oh, wow. Yeah. 
It was very messy. Um, I do, I do want to go back to IML and reclaim it as a safe space because it was never a druggy space for me, but it was just the wrong time for me to go in early recovery. It is, too, it is too much. There. It is certainly available, uh, readily available, and well, it was celebrated. There for five anyway. minutes, and a friend came up to me. He's like, "You want to come up to my room?" And off I went. Yep, it's that simple. And sometimes the hottest guy is the one who's offering it. You know? Yeah. This friend is quite a hot guy, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Just so people know, we know each other from IML in 2009, where we competed together. The class long of Jeffrey time Payne. Ago. Yay, Jeffrey Payne. Long time ago now. Not that long ago. I don't know. 2009. It's, it's, it's not that bad. Well, it's 11 years. Okay, sure. <laughs> you don't look a day over 25. Mm. I like your filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's great filter, isn't it? <laughs> so, um, well, you said you had a list of things you wanted to talk about. Well, um, sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, a really anal. <laughs> it's really good. It's yeah. good. Um, but because um, just kind of in our conversation, just leading up to this, you know, just like. For me, you know, just like clear head, you know, I got to explore like my deepest, darkest fantasies yeah. and um, just talking with people and just, you know, overcoming stigma and just internalized stigma. That's like, I want to explore this, you yeah. know, uh, I like that. That was like, you know, with the Internet at, at age 40, I was like, you know what? I hear sex is fun and I might want to try it, you know. Uh, so like the internet, like, let me explore. And then I, I joined the Grand Rapids Rivermen, who was a very kinky group of men. And, you know, like, um, you know, I would, I went to their first meeting and I was like, I, I like to feed people. Food and sex is really hot. I like men with bellies. I said it out loud, you know, and I was like, I'm turning red thinking about it now, you know, and they're like, welcome, you know. Mm. And they went around to the room and they all said their fetishes. You know, I like men in suits. I like to sharp large things, large things up my ass. I like to suck dick all day long. You know, like they all just kind of went around the room and shared their fetish. And I was just like, holy cow, there's it's just, just the freedom to be able to talk about it. Yeah. And I wasn't sober at the time, you know, so it was like kind of a messy mid-Atlantic leather that year. Um, but, um, but, you know, but, but getting sober um, was the way I could really like, Hey, I want to explore some things. Yeah, you know, um, I never felt comfortable fisting anybody, um, like in because I would use to you know liquid courage, um, which is just not um, not in the right headspace. You know, just no. Just, it's it's uh, I, the first episode um, I did. We discussed that a lot as well. It's about yep. being present. Especially with fisting, you can easily hurt someone if you're completely not there. Yep. Um, it's it's so and, dangerous. And I was very conscious of that. Like I did not want to hurt somebody. And and the idea of my fist inside somebody is so erotic. Like I would jerk off to the porn, you know. And I and I did meet, but um, and I tried it a couple times, which is cool. But it was never like erotic until um, a friend of mine in Atlanta, Don Melville, who was a big fan of the show, and I got his permission to mention his name. But like fisting him was was a game changer for me. Just the intimate act, and we're both sober and we're both present, and we're just having a fantastic time spelled with two Fs. You know, fantastic. just 
you know, it was, I don't know, it was just like such an intimate and, and amazing and beautiful act. Um, and it was just, it was just really cool. Um, I mean, I've had uh, some other great scenes as well with Dominic and Todd. They know who they are. Um, <laughs> shout out was, to Dominic and Todd. But yes, shout outs. Um, but, you know, also Tubby, that was amazing. I, and, um, but I have, I struggled to find that still because that there's so much um, Matthews associated with fisting. It is hard to find that, that kind of play. It's, it's really uh, here, it's, it's, I find sometimes when I interact with guys and, and, and they go on to just like, do you do drugs? And I'm like, no, I don't do drugs and I don't want to be around it. Most people respect it. Some people don't understand it. Right. Um, and it, it's really difficult. I'm still in very, in, in, any comparison, I'm still in early recovery. My sex drive was so connected to the drugs. So I'm still learning a lot of things. I need to find what my boundaries are. Um, and I'm still figuring that out. I, I still have a lot of anxiety around sober sex because I have to relearn everything. I did all the things before drugs. I had fetish and fisting and everything before drugs, but it just got so integrated with it whilst I was using, it's hard to come back. An amazing book by David Fawcett, Lust, Men, Gay, Lust, Gay Men, Meth. Um, highly recommend it. I'll send, send you a link. Send, send, me the, yeah, send me the text and I'll put it in the description afterwards of the video as well. I just did a podcast with him a couple, couple weeks ago, actually. Oh, fantastic. Amazing, amazing man. Wrote an amazing book that really helped me understand you know, just the downward spiral of sex and um, meth and um, how they're intertwined in your brain. And Absolutely. It's, really to take it's, it's all, of, all about pathways. If yep. it's, it's like coming back to the elastic band thing. If you'd make a connection, it's hard to break it. I will also, I, I'm not going to reply too much on, on comments, but I did notice someone asking or mentioning what the problem with having a disco at home, hinting the drug taking. This is not a judgmental discussion. If you enjoy having that type of sex, that's fine. We're not out to judge people. This is just to explore alternatives and also explore the problems around it. So if anyone's watching and feeling a bit triggered or feel that we're judging it, it's not for us to judge. We're talking about our experiences. That's it. Like, like, like for me, it's not okay if you use and I don't. Yeah. Like I, it's, I can't be around it, you know? Um, Cause I actually, I fetishize, <laughs> I fetishize helping somebody in their recovery. And I have, that's, that's is a, that is the thing well, for me. That's not, you know? not bad, I guess. Well, I mean, it is not my place to like, hmm, I'm gonna prove to you that you can have great sex while you're not high. You oh, know, yeah. like that's that's just a little. It's, it's, a little it's you. You can advise. You can share your experience, um, and that's about it. You can kind of show a door, and but they have to walk through it if they want it. Um, <laughs> that's kind of how I look at it. But I'm, I'm like, if anyone is watching this and they kind of have questions and so on, they're more than welcome to drop me a DM afterwards, um, and I'll I'll respond the best way I can. Uh, I can see we have another IML brother looking at us at the moment. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, they, they might come as a guest later on in the season, so. I, I, he'd, he'd be great. Yeah. Um, like the other one for me is like poppers. 
you know, for me, I don't mind being around it because I hate it so much. <laughs> oh, I get a headache. I, I've yeah. never liked puffers particularly, um, so it's fine. I get a little bit weird around it if I'm a little bit like, if I am playing with someone and he's using puffers, I find it a bit, mm. uh, I prefer not to be around it. I can accept it if they need it, um, but preferably not. My, my poppers substitute though is, you know. Oh, absolutely. And my armpit smell after three days, I love it. I love my I, own I, armpit yeah. smell. For a week at IML, I, I shower like a pterodactyl, you know, just with my elbows to my side. So <laughs> by day six, I am just, you know, walking pheromones. And I, my husband insists that I shower before coming home <laughs> because he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. It's just too much. It is okay. too much. Next time I see IML, I, come up, I will come up and check. And they smell different, by the way. So... They smell different. Just yeah, they, 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 one was a little muskier than the other. <clears throat> That's interesting. <laughs> um, I had a new experience at IML, um, and this is the other thing that was really that's really cool about like having the clear head. Yeah, <clears throat> is I met somebody who is into hypnosis, and very sexy guy. I decided to like you know what we we had the talk. I trusted the play, and he hypnotized me very very well and um i would never have trusted that scene if without you know without my sobriety and without me being centered as a as a sober person Absolutely. because that that scene was is all about trust and really letting go and i and he even mentioned to me that like the conversation leading up to it about my sobriety and he preferred to play with sober people and just because the it's easier to hypnotize them um for one and just the you need to have that connection yeah. for the hypnosis to take place but i gotta tell you it was so weird afterwards like we played for like an hour and this was like on a break like um from the mr friendly booth the team friendly booth and so we finished and he I know he ended the hypnosis session like and when you wake up you're going to be you know happy like the happiest you've ever felt so after I woke up I felt like it was I felt like I was um I felt so incredible like this rush this euphoria and um my friends were in the room and they thought I was drunk they thought I was high and they were freaking out like, what did he do to you? What did they do to my friend Dave? He's they're freaking out, you know. They're like, like, should we call Ken? What happened? Do we need to get him out of here? You know, I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not really. I'm just I was amazing, it was amazing. And I was just I was just rushed on this high from this amazing experience I had. And um it was just it just reminded me the to have good friends, <laughs> to have friends that you're open with to when I'm when you're going places like that have friends that have your back um, oh, absolutely you know. I had an experience I went to a, a chorus retreat I sing with the London Gay Men's Chorus and we were in the bar and I ordered a non-alcoholic beer which I do drink on occasion as, and as do I. my my friend came up to me like after the trip and he's like so you're drinking again it's like <laughs> no that was a non-alcoholic beer it was like the most expensive beer i ever had because i had to <laughs> buy two of them to fill a pint glass just so do you know what sometimes it helps having the beer you don't feel like you're 
outside everyone else, not st standing with lemonade constantly. Um, so he was he was confused. It was like, no, that was not not alcohol beer. But thank you for asking, though. It's yeah. it's all about not being yep. defensive when they ask. Like the um, in the, and just generally appreciative because yeah. clearly they care. Clearly, oh, they... oh, most of my course buddies have seen me at my worst, right. at my pure worst, like track marks, whatever. It's not a pretty sight, um, but there's never been any judgment, ever. I That's never great. had any judgment. That's great. I mean, I, I had a picture of me with a beer, a non-alcoholic beer once, and it got posted on Facebook. I didn't know it, and people were messaging me, Dave, are you okay, blah, 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 you know? And I'm just like, yes, it was a non-alcoholic beer. I had to actually cut paste. Thank you so much for, you know, sending me, and I, it was just a non-alcoholic beer. I really appreciate, you know, like, still sober, and I, I had to I had to like cut paste that to a whole bunch of people that messaged me. It was just it was like oh, it was it was really sweet. So now it's, it's, I'm very it's nice when now. people react that way. And, and yeah. I'm all I'm, I'm like with like social media and so on. And people taking a picture of me, I tend to try to avoid having like if it's a non-alcoholic beer, I try to ha avoid having it in picture because people misunderstand or um, especially if my family saw it. Some some my mom would panic. Mm -hmm. um, because she knows how bad I could get if, if I went down that route again. So it's 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 good to have friends like that. It's it's it feels like at least in sobriety, I I found the people that will lift me up. Um, there's definitely a lot of friendship that kind of the party friendships they went away afterwards. Um, you can you can discuss if that were real friendships or not. Um, and I wish these people the best, but it's it's just your life changes. You kind of. I, I kind of look at my drug taking period as a section of my life. And now I'm in my new section of life. Um, and that's like with a clear head. And I use clear because I don't like the word clean. I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. It still seems acceptable to be like, I'm, I'm clean and sober. It seems to be acceptable in many circles, but I like, I like your clear headed. It's, uh, it's more like you, you work with uh, positive people. There's so much stigma around it. I, on, every occasion if i see someone is like std free and clean oh i will start i, I turn into a karen in 5.5 seconds it's like you need to change that so you can't <laughs> say stuff like that i know what they're trying to do but it's like educate yourself so i i, I have a very good um like it's actually in the team friendly training like you know um so i, I we asked very gently just like hey, could you share with me what you mean by the word clean you that's know, what I do. And, yeah. and then, yeah, and then, they, you know, and every time I'm just like, can you imagine how that might make somebody living with HIV feel? And, yeah. and, and every time, every time people are just like, you know, I didn't mean to do that. I will change it. Thank you. And yeah, I, most, just, cases, most yep. cases, just about yep. them not knowing that yep. it can have an impact because some people live heard. with the disease they can't get, yep. get rid of. Yep. It's like with, with syphilis and gonorrhea and all that, you can kind of get rid of it, but HIV is there to stay. So saying that you're dirty, it's the same with like, I, I prefer saying I'm clear headed because saying I'm clean impl implies that when I was using, I was dirty or some sort of lower level of being. Less um, than, right. You're not yeah. less than, right. So it's, 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 it's about finding positive enforcement terminology instead. And then I think that works better. This is it's a, it's a lot of what drives me is those conversations, you know, 
at that helping change like one conversation at a time. Um, I, I come to this with a lot of survivor guilt, you know, because um, somehow I got out of like I was having a sex in the 80s, 90s without, you know, like, and I somehow I came out of it without HIV and, um, and just a ton of survivor guilt. And I, you know, I lost a very dear friend of mine. Um, you know, he, um, um, he would go away for a weekend on, on meth binges and, you know, and I was his safety call and yeah. we would text occasionally. And so, and, and, but he was living with HIV and, um, he just dropped, he would drop out of treatment every now and then. And, and every now and then, you know, he'd just like, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know? And then he moved around a little bit and, and then, and then all of a sudden he had no immune system left and, and then we lost him. Yeah. And it was just, it was one of the hardest things to go through um, just to see, you know, like I really thought I was there for him. Nah. Uh, and, and clearly I wasn't enough. And, yeah. and I know I can't, I can't, you know, blame myself for that. Um, but it also, I also feel like I can't do enough. Um, yeah, I, 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 I fully get that. One of one of the things I'm very careful is um, I'm very empathic. I, I am really good at putting myself in other people's shoes and my mental health can suffer with that. If I invest myself in someone, I will try to my best ability to help them, but they also need to be able to help themselves. And and that's kind of what it comes to. And and if 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 I feel like, okay, this is coming a little bit too close or there's too much drama. I, I I will pull back, and it's not it's not anything against them, but it's just also to keep myself safe and sane. Um, you I feel that, coming back away, regroup. Yeah. I I have a couple of people I I keep in touch with, kind of once in a while, and kind of go, how are you doing? What do you how are you still doing well and so on, and and let them tell me if they're clean or not. Um, if they feel comfortable with that. And, and I'm quite happy just using that little text just to say, how are you doing? That is such a simple thing. Uh, I, I have a couple of people I've never met, but I've just kind of gotten into this pattern where I just talk to them once in a while. Just kind of go, okay, how are you doing? Have you talked to your GP? Have you gone to a meeting? Stuff like that. It's so simple and it's such small things I, I, I can do as a born person, so. Yeah, there are... Um... It kind of brings up the topic of triggers, yeah. You know, because um, there's there's a there's a um, a couple things that trigger me. Um, one is like I you know I work in bars all the time, no problem. Mm. It's when people come to toast, and they do like so I'll do a round of shots. It's hard for me to like muster up the I'll have a shot of water, you know or. Um, um, but I got to say, like, like the Phoenix Boys of Leather, I made it to their New Year's Eve party. And there's some sober, um, sober leather folk there. And when I came there, they just, here's your, you know, here's your ginger ale, you know, and, and it was just when, when people recognize that you're sober, and they, and they respect it, and they, they think of you, and they, to join in that celebration, it's just, it's just such a welcoming feeling. It's, um, it's, I, I, like, when I, I, I've done a lot of quite a few online meetings in lockdown um, and we have the pleasure of having American guys joining us, uh, especially proud fetish men as well. And I, I get blown away because I'm from a city where the chemsex and fetish is kind of interlinked 
So going to a meeting in any type of gear is triggering for the people in that meeting. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've worn a leather jacket to a meeting once and I had several comments on it. And so I, I just like, I'm trying to keep them safe, but it's also like, well, it's a big part of me. We have now started a meeting on the Sunday, which welcomes talk about sex, love, fetish, whatever. And I've done a chair with them talking about my fetish life, um, which I think is important. And it's important we have these conversations. Of course, if anyone is triggered, they need to say something and, and we'll scale it back. But it's it's... I get very jealous when I hear about meetings in New York and Los Angeles where it's like, oh, they're just going full lever and it's fine. It's not a problem. Uh, you have lore as well. We kind of start, uh, my friend Nick started a section over here now with lore as well. So it's, it's, it's quite something in the States when it comes to the sober kink scene. The, the meetings at IML and Claw, um, shout out to my friend Piglet and Brian for, we like we started our 12 step, um, 12 step leather club and we had meetings there um, and just just to be able to the freedom to be able to talk about fetish and sobriety yes. in a room full of people where that is not like that like in small town or somebody new to phoenix walking into a meeting and i'm like i don't know anybody here i can't i it's really not feeling safe to share everything because i just don't know you know um it, for me, it would have been nice if I had gone into a meeting. I, like in early recovery, I had a session with a guy where he was a bit dominant with me and it made me feel like shit afterwards. It's just about finding boundaries and what works for me sober and protecting my own mental health. But if I could have shared about that in the meeting, that would have been great because there would have probably been someone in that room that had the experience, but I can't share about it because it will be triggering for some of the people in the room. Um, so as soon as I get to New York or Los Angeles or wherever, I'm, I'm going to one of the fetish meetings just to experience it. Um, so, yeah. Maybe IML. When we have IML, well, that's, uh, I'm, I must admit, I'm not going anywhere near America at the moment. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, no apology needed. Uh, I don't leave my house, hardly ever. So, there you well, go. We, we're slowly opening up now over here um but it's still i'm still kind of putting my toe in the water and checking it once in a while just or i'm an asthmatic so i have to be really careful um what was i thinking uh no i've lost it now um the other one the other trigger for me which um was quite intriguing to me was the chastity device when i when i lock myself in that i the the um, I, I really have to be in a trusted scene and a trusting state of mind. Um, if I put it on myself, uh, I, I'm just, it doesn't, it doesn't do good things to my head and I, or I, I allow it to like, just, um, this super friendly pig comes out, which is not cool. You know, um, I have, I have, you know, um, hurt my relationship to my husband by breaking some of the rules that the guidelines that we have set for ourselves. Yeah. And and was just really ashamed by that, and I lied to him about it afterwards. Like you know, I, I am not going to lock myself in a chest device. <laughs> uh, you know, I do it within a scene. I will bring it, um, or hey, would you? You know, I'll lock myself two hours before I play with you. You know, and you know, like I could trust that, and you know, um, you know, the my fisting scene with Dominic, I was actually locked in a chassis device, but you know by his sir, you know, like by his dominant, you know, like and it, it was just the whole scene was really, and 
you know, so it's, it, it, I'm not saying no ever to a chassis device, but I, I, I have to really be careful with that um, because it can set, it is so erotic to me. Just, it just sends me into the submissive space so deep that it is uncharted territory and I don't have a clear head, you know, when it comes to that kind of play. So that's something I was just, I have to, you know, um, this, when I talk to people about their fetish um, play, about what is uncharted territory and how do, you know, that just, just not be warned. That's not how I say it. Just be cautious. Like that uncharted territory can really open up your mind um, into maybe doing things that you know, might not normally do. Yeah, I, I found like coming back to like boredom and horniness, especially in early recovery, was always kind of a trigger for me. Um, I would just get to a point where I would fantasize about something for long enough, especially around drug taking, and it would just not be enough. And then I had to action it. So there's definitely certain behaviors I'm wary of because I know where the type of headspace I would go into. There's the things I've dabbled in slowly just to kind of because there's certain role plays or uh, scenes that was quite dark and with integrate with the drug taking. I still like some of those scenes, but not with the drug taking, of course. Right, so it's right. just about finding out, is it okay for me to interact with that scene or is, is that just going to bring up some triggers for me? Um, I, I'm feeling that with, um, I had a, um, I was, uh, um, I would say a weekend boy for this guy Spike and um, very hot leather daddy, um, and and he would like for me to you know take his boots off, worship his feet, pour him a cocktail, serve it to him, you know, and we'd kiss, and then that would just like all that alcohol was just like it it didn't do good things for me, you know, because I was so aroused and I was so tempting. It was really hard for me to enjoy the moment because I'm just like, and I was also very newly sober, so um, I I asked him what his favorite foods are. And he was telling me about this and this and this. So the next time I saw him, um, I had, you know, beluga caviar <laughs> on, on these really nice crackers. So, you know, um, we had arranged it so that like, hey, yes, I, I love the submission of bringing you something, but to, you know, to put that caviar on my dick and have him eat it off. It's just like the hottest thing and share kisses with such an amazingly sensual, tasty food. It was, it was a great substitute. Like, I don't want to say no, you know, like when you're in that boy space, you don't want to say no when people introduce things that make you feel uncomfortable. So finding that, that substitute that even then knocks it to the next level is what I crave to do. You know, what can we do that takes it to another level of, of erotic? Yeah. It's see, it's, it's funny um, when you, when you said like finding substitutes for something that would have normally been in the scene. One one of the things I've always kind of found a bit odd. I I do skinhead gear as well, but skinhead gear and drinking beer is a big the same thing. So I think to start an early recovery, I was kind of like, oh, I can't do that now because I'm not drinking beer. It's not proper beer, so it's not a proper skinhead scene. Uh, but now I just do non-alcoholic beer and no one really notices it anyway. They're just getting it spit in their face, so they don't care. <laughs> That's hard. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to notice if there's alcohol in it or not. This is like, the, the sub is not going to go, no, this is non-alcoholic. Wait a minute, that can't be right. 
and it is actually 0.05% alcohol or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't get me on that discussion. I, I don't. There's a lot of different opinions on that. I know my triggers. I fully appreciate that sometimes when I do drink non-alcoholic beer, my brain does go, oh, I should be getting drunk now. Not as often as it used to. In the early recovery, yes, it did. But it's, it's, it's about finding out what is a massive trigger for you. Alcohol, I stopped drinking mainly because it led me to drugs and not because I had a problem. I would definitely binge drinker, but I didn't necessarily have a problem with alcohol. So mm. it's just eliminating one factor so I don't go to the next bit. Building a fence around your fence is what yes. I think of it as like, okay, Absolutely. I need to not wear this chassis device because I need to, you know, I have to be really cautious. Well, it's, it's about knowing yourself and knowing what your triggers are. And, and I definitely like you say you have 14 years, you probably know a hell of a lot more than I do um, about what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Um, but of course, there's always a room for improvement. And, and yeah. Um, I'm finding like, um, for me to find that play is is finding other sober players like I, it, I can just go from zero to 60 when they're sober as well but i'm also finding a circle of people like you know just okay when um i'm into this and i'm getting better at, at saying what i'm looking for and i'm asking in non-judgmental ways you know like if somebody mentioned like here in phoenix it, people seem to openly talk about um the the use of meth and um so, you know, just like, hey, care to share um, what you prefer for drug use, you know, or, you know, and then people share. And I'm just like, well, thank you. We're not a match because I did da 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 you know, yeah. um, and it's, um, I don't know, I just, I just really, I'm, I'm really, I don't want to judge anybody for their, their substance use in this process, yeah. you know, so like how to have that conversation without judging them um, is, is kind of delicate, especially in you know, in, in three messages or less, this <laughs> is pretty tricky to do. Yeah, but in, in, in most cases, the interactions I have and they do drugs and I don't, it's just like, fine, I respect you, you res I respect you. And then we're kind of just like, well, that's not for me, fine, move on. Um, some people, it's, it's not common for me, I've experienced, I have had a couple of experience with people being nasty or interacting with me, kind of trolling me about it, but it's like one in five years, maybe one or two in five years. And that's not necessarily them coming from a bad place. It's just because they're in that space and it has become a problem and they're acting out. So I, I would never judge someone on saying some stupid shit whilst they're high. Been there. Yeah. I'm sure we all have. I'm sure my mom. Was, <laughs> I'm sure my mom was excited when I called her two in the morning, saying someone was trying to kill me. That was a. That was the way my mom found out I was a drug addict. Oh, and that was a good one. But yeah, I, 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 I think I had a pretty high bottom. Like I never had a DUI. You know, I don't know. I'm always so grateful. Just the sheer luck mm. that I had to um, find my way to a sober, clear-headed thinking life. Um, it was just, 
And I attribute it to my first meeting, like, just like I wanted to go to an AA meeting. And I was just like, is this really my life, you know, and yeah. I look around this room, and I'm like, and then people are sharing their stories one time around the room, like they do when, when it's your first meeting, right? Yeah. And, and um, you know, one was like, you know, I've had 12 DUIs. And I'm like, nope, you know, and then I was just a drink every day, every time from work, it was just a wave, you know, blah, blah, I get high all the time. And it, uh, it led to so many things. And, and all these, and then I, I like, you know, halfway around that circle, I'm like, I'm in the wrong place. And then somebody shared their story. And it was like, some days, alcohol affects me differently than others. Mm. Some days, alcohol, I could drink and be fine and feel like I'm myself. But then other days, I, it would affect me completely different. And with the same amount of alcohol, I actually did the measuring, you know, and, um, and then I would wake up where I didn't know where I was. Yeah. And I didn't have drank any more to drink than another time. So alcohol uniquely affects my body and therefore my life. And I was like, holy shit, that's me. <laughs> you know? Like, that's me. That's me. And I'm like, I'm in the chaos of not knowing how alcohol was going to affect me mm. was 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 truly what the chaos was. Not that one drink leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. Like, yes, that is many people's stories. And yes, that is sometimes my story. But, um, but for me, it was, it, was, I, it was unpredictable. Yeah. Um, and that is the chaos. Was because I'd wake up, you know, um, I'd wake up someplace I didn't know I was. I'd wake up while having sex with somebody. I'd wake up and I was driving, you know, like what there's just there's just that and i had no idea that i was drinking that much the night before yeah i, I think at the end of my drinking and, and <laughs> this is a funny one I, I thought it was very normal to have an app on my phone that tracked me tracked where i'd been oh. <laughs> <laughs> if it was a, a facebook app uh, and it would just geo tag me through everywhere i went so i could just see where i'd gone and i could kind of figure out where i bit why i would have been gone there and Oh, I went down to piss there and then do, 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 do. but it, it was just like it was almost like a badge of honors like oh look how crazy I was at the weekend I don't know where I went and who I was with and and it's it's like also that feeling of waking up if you had like a lineup of 10 guys I wouldn't be able to tell you who I've been with and it's not it's not a nice feeling you just feel slightly used afterwards and and everyone just kind of you, you go completely face blind in most cases, I'm, I'm, I've gone home with guys before where I'd been with them before and I just didn't know. Mm. That's not a great feeling. No. Especially not for them when they find out I don't remember them. That's not, you know, that's not a nice thing. <laughs> no, no, no. I've, I've definitely pissed off one or two people with that. Right. <laughs> so. Well, um, I, and the older I get, as I'm getting up there, I just like I find that like my um, my time, what I do with my time, is the most valuable thing. Mm. You know, yeah. Like, you know, when you're 40, you're, you're like, okay, what am I going to do? You know, what am I going to do with my life? Am I am I hitting my, my, my am I in the right career? Am I in the right relationship? You know, and then when I hit 50, I'm just like, 
what am I going to do with the rest of my life? What am I going to do with each weekend? What is the most important thing to me? Yeah. And um, now that I'm coming closer to 60, it's even that much more important, you know, 57, you know, like it's really important. So, and I attribute that to my play as well. Like I am not, um, you know, um, I am not, um, you know, more is more is better. Uh, oh, much, it's, it's, much, it's much more focused. On, I want to, I would like to experience this and I'm going to go for it, you know, and I'm going to seek that out in that journey of seeking it out. I'm finding to be very erotic itself. The hunt is so I've, high. I've, I've heard on several occasions when people talk about like chem sex and it's normally like one day, two days, three days long, and you just like almost no skin left down there because you've been wanking so much. Uh, and then when people come into recovery, it's like, oh my God, I had an amazing session and it was just two hours. And I was like, it doesn't have to be that long. It's not <laughs> supposed to go on for days and days and days. It's, that's not the point. It's, it's, it's not about quantity, it's the quality. You can have a great session and it only lasts an hour. It doesn't have to be this extended long period of time where you don't remember any of it anyway. So what's the point? I couldn't agree more. I yes. mean, Friendly Pig to me, you know, it's, I call, I call Friendly Pig is like quality and quantity, you know, but there's gotta be balance. Absolutely, know? absolutely. It's, 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 yeah. it's about finding what's the balance for you and what's healthy for you and what works for you. Um, I've, I almost had to step away from fetish completely because it was just too triggering, but I'm a stubborn asshole, so I'll keep at it. Even when I get told, oh, you should give it up. It's going to be triggering the rest of your life. It's like, well, no, I don't believe that. I don't necessarily, that might be your truth, but it's not mine. And I had fetish before chems because I only started using when I moved to London. So um, it's, it's, it's been a battle to get back to it. But it was just such an enjoyment all of a sudden sitting on the underground and I had leather jeans on and I was scrubbing my thigh and I was just like, actually, I'm enjoying this. Just scrubbing my leg, that was it. Before, I would just think about what I would do in the gear. Mm. And that was a problem. I hated my gear at one point, really did. I didn't hear anything you said after you said you had a stubborn asshole. Oh. All I was like, is like, hmm, what can I do to his asshole to make it less stubborn? <laughs> I could do this, I could do that. Oh, we can arrange that, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have to start winding down now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think we probably have like five minutes left. Um, because we started a little bit later, I'm a little bit unsure when it's going to start going two minutes left. All um, right, well, we can, I mean... I feel like we've covered everything. Well, it's yeah, great to see it's, you. It's, this has been awesome. It has been awesome. And it's, 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 you're getting handsomer with each year, I would say. So your eyesight don't, is getting worse don't worry with about that. Thank you so much. That number. Well, my ex is 57, so. Oh, there you go. All there, right. There you go. It's, I was with them when I went to IML in 2009. They left me and moved to France. How dare they? Mm. Yeah. But yeah, it's. Handsome as ever yourself. Sorry? As handsome as ever yourself. I, I can't wait to see you in person again. That would be really lovely. And, and hopefully I'm not completely fucked for once. <laughs> that would be nice. Unless it's the, the other kind of fucked. There you go. Yes, yes. That, that, that would be better. Get fucked um, 
but no, it's been been a joy to have you on, and, and also really nice to hear your story and and where where you kind of sit on, on on how you feel and so on. Any advice you would give to someone who's coming in in recovery and, and dealing with fetish life? What what worked for you? Um, I mean, for me, it is finding that circle of friends at events that under like maybe they're not maybe if they're not sober, but they understand your sobriety and they respect mm -hmm. your sobriety and will fight for your sobriety. You know, they'll defend you to do that and support you in, in every way. Um, and finding like that best friend or two, just to just like have that space, mm. know where your safe spaces are. Anytime there's a friendly booth somewhere that is that is a safe space for people to come hang out. Um, like me and my friend Scotty right now, we're just, he is my best friend here in Phoenix and he's, you know, five years sober and, um, he, you know, we, we, we're a good influence on each other, you know, just to have some, have find connections with people that you look up to that are kinky players as well. Cause mm. it's, it, it's, it's, they're there and they're super fun to hang out with. <laughs> see, see, the, and that comes back to, that's one of the reasons I set the group up because we don't have a sober kink scene here, particularly. Um, not that I'm aware of. I know they tried a couple of years back setting something up like Sober Kink, but I didn't hear about it. So it didn't go through the right, well, I I might have been busy just doing drugs. I don't know <laughs> to really notice it. So it's 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 so important. And, and it's so important having role models like you kind of just being open about your struggles, your journey and where you're at now, because the amount of people I get writing me where just like, I'm not sober, but you give me hope. And I'm just like, that's why I do it. That is yeah. why I do it. It doesn't, you don't have to become sober just because you're talking to me. But if you're not ready, you might be ready further on. And listening to some of the stuff I say, whittle on about might help you, so. Especially in these times of, of COVID-19. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like the importance of testing and you know finding out your status so you can get on treatment so that you have an immune systems just in case the what if or if you are living with HIV maintaining you know your um, your treatment so that you can you know hopefully achieve undetectable treatment so that you've got an immune system to fight this virus off because I have a feeling this is this COVID nineteen is not going to go away for a while. No, this is be our reality absolutely for, not. for a while. And now we're down to the last minute. So I'm going to say goodbye to you. Thank you very much for doing this. It's been a joy to talk to you. Great to see you, Rob. Okay, bye. Thank you for everyone who watched. It's been a joy to talk with Dave, uh, Mr. Friendly, uh, or uh, the Team Friendly. Check out his Instagram. It's, it's a very good charity. It's all about fighting stigma against HIV positive people. So... Everyone have a great Saturday or whatever time zone you might be in. And I'll see you next week with my next guest, who's a, a local here from uh, England. So be safe. So clear head, clear fetish. Stay safe, stay sexy, stay sober. See you next week.